The Hornets break a million records, and then some. It was ridiculous. LaMelo gets a triple-double. Kelly Oubre goes for 39 off the bench. The Hornets score 158 total. Let's try to break it down all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available on all platforms. Make sure you check us out. On YouTube, where we're getting closer to the 1,000 subscriber mark, which means we are going to paint our face purple and teal. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them, and you can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> is Walker that Bale. Is that fun? Wait a minute. Is that funny to you, Nick? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I said the other week I'd only come back on the podcast if the Hornets scored 150 <laughs> points. So that, nice. I'm making bad per- bets, too. Perfect, perfect timing. So you can find us on Twitter, Walker Mail. Doug Branson, LOH, Locked on Hornets, and you can find Nick, who is laughing at our humiliation at Nick Carboni, WCNC. I mean, you're going to... If only I knew somebody that produced television on sports and could find a way to amplify your embarrassment yeah, and put it on TV. Yeah. I'll, have yeah. to, I'll have to think about that. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. man, aren't we supposed to be teammates? And here you are. <laughs> that are just going to humiliate us even more so. You're going to put us on television. See, YouTube is a different animal, and then we're going to be on TV as well. It's going to be crazy humiliating. Uh, you're going to finagle it somehow, though. I imagine that you're going to be a guest on this show as soon as that happens. Like, it will be that'll, that That'll be my slot. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to break sure into happens. the system, make sure subscribers are getting cut down, and then on that 1,000 mark, right before you're supposed to come on on that Tuesday, that's what you're going to do. Um, we'll get to that point when uh, we actually reach that mark. Let's go ahead and talk about the Charlotte Hornets game last night. <clears throat> 158 points. So many records broken. We'll try to get to that. LaMelo Ball, phenomenal in this one. Triple-double for him. We'll try to get to all of this. But, man, just to see 158, to see them score, the, the quarter breakdown is hilarious. Like, 33 in the first. All right, that's pretty good. 38 in the second. All right, that's even better. Wow. That's, better. Amazing, that's amazing point total. 42 in the third. <laughs> Goodness gracious, what's gotten into this team? And then they score 45 with Kai Jones hitting a three. That, all right, then, <laughs> at that point, it got ridiculous. I, I I don't even know what I watched last night. Nick, can you try to make it make sense to me? It was like the definition of, boy, that escalated quickly. Because, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, at, half, <laughs> at halftime, you're wondering, like, okay, yeah, sure, they have 70 or whatever points, but are they going to be able to shake this depleted Pacers team? Like, they kind of need to win this game after losing the last two, especially after that dud in Toronto, another game without Gordon Hayward. And, and, you know, you come back and you play the Lakers and and Clippers nearly back to back on the same weekend here at home. So I I was hoping they could have just at least just get some separation and close it out. And they did that. Like LaMelo went on his own mini run and then the team went on like a 15 two run. And then it just really exploded. I mean, from my perspective, I'm in, in the office, you know, working on some other stuff. And every time I look, it's like, oh, they're at 100, though they're at 120. And there's 10 minutes to go in the game. James Booknight makes it 129. And then, like you said, Kai Jones hitting his first career three-pointer. <laughs> uh, I mean, just like the human victory cigar, if there ever was one, mm-hmm. was right there. And I don't think that's when uh, good old Coach Carlisle made that face, but I'm sure he made a similar one after that Jones bucket. 
Uh, so I'm glad you have that face up, Doug, because <laughs> I, I don't know how many people screenshotted this. I didn't check, but I, I saw that. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a meme. I mean, this is going to be one that lasts for a while. Look at that face. I mean, it's so sad. Is he doing okay? Has anybody checked in on Rick Carlisle after what just took place last <clears> night, <throat> allowing 158 points? Your biggest takeaway, Doug, what did you see last night? Uh, my biggest takeaway is that this was the LaMelo ball masterpiece that we've been waiting for for a few weeks now. We've profiled his struggles with efficiency offensively, and uh, he came through big time tonight uh, or last night. Big, uh, It's like I'm doing the game recap. Uh, came through big time, and he loves playing the Indiana Pacers in four games this season. I'm going to read these stats to you. He's averaging 28.3 points per game on 56.8% shooting, 57.7% from beyond the arc on 6.5 attempts, 10.5 rebounds, 9.3 assists. He is just a tick away in four games. They've completely swept the Pacers of averaging a triple-double, a huge triple-double, a 28-point triple-double against the Indiana Pacers. He was doing it all, and I love just how crafty he is getting to the rim. He was blowing by those Pacers defenders. Brissette, they they just couldn't throw anything at at, uh, LaMelo Ball to stop him. It was beautiful to see. Yeah, it really was, and and you're right, Doug. I mean, this has been somebody in LaMelo who not only struggled the last um, – actually, didn't crazy struggle the last couple of games, right? It's actually the team that more so did offensively. Yeah. But we actually did get to see him go 11 of 16 from the field is his final tally, 3 of 4 from the perimeter, 4 of 5 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 13 assists, 29 points. And I tried to figure out what my favorite stat was in the box score for this game because there was obviously going to be a ton of them. How about a plus 45 for LaMelo in the plus minus (laughs) column? The next one up from that was 27, was Kelly Oubre was plus 27, and LaMelo was plus 45 to lead all of the players in this game. Pretty. I think think that's the highest – I believe I read on Twitter that that's the highest plus minus ever and that it was second only to Kimba Walker and Marvin (laughs) Williams in that game where they blew out – it was like one of the largest blowouts in NBA history when they beat the Memphis Grizzlies by a thousand. I mean, it was unreal to to watch this one. And then, so I I just hope that this is something that can keep them going because what's crazy is everybody was making a point that this is the first time that they really got going offensively in the last two. Didn't show up against Atlanta, just couldn't hit Mm -hmm. shots. Couldn't hit shots against Toronto, despite Mm -hmm. them having a couple of players out. And they really took advantage of that against Indiana. And here's something else, too. It's one thing to score 158. It's a pretty crazy thing to score 158. But to do it on the second night of a back-to-back on the road as well, to be able to hit on that type of volume, that's what's really impressive too. I haven't gone down the list of all of the teams that have ever put up 158. I think there's like 20 that put up 159, and then there's quite a bit of teams that put up 158. I would like to know how many teams did it the second night of a back-to-back on the road. That makes it all the more impressive. Nick, do you expect this to do anything for the Hornets going forward? And and play like – is this one that you're is one you're always going to remember down the road too? Like, yeah, I remember watching that game. It's a crazy one. Yeah, absolutely. It's always going to stand out. Um, you know, years from now, I think for this season, it doesn't do much for me. Like, it's great that they won. It's great that you know, hopefully, it gets them out of some you know slumping Lamelo and and even others. But you know, the Pacers were a depleted team coming in. I thought they should have won the game. <clears throat> you know, going into the game, it was fun to watch and you know, they're just, they're just going to be in this 
they have to have this dogfight mentality the rest of the way because it's not going to be easy. I mean, they're sitting in seventh. There's teams chasing them. There's teams ahead of them that are going to try to create more separation. You know, looking at the next slate or set of games, the only one on there in the next, you know, handful that you think, okay, like that's a win, I think is Detroit. I mean, they come back, they have to face the Lakers and the Clippers at home. And those teams aren't, you know, what they have been in the past, but those are going to be tough games. And then you have more tough games as the East. My favorite stat was I went back and looked at, so so the record before 158 for points in regulation for the Hornets was 141 set back in 1993. And, and I went back to look like, all right, well, who did what in that game? And like LJ had a big game, Muggsy had like 19 assists. But my favorite stat was that they went one of eight from three. Yeah. And the, <laughs> it's just such a different game. The Hornets were 24 of 45 from three last night. That was my favorite stat. But I, I think if there's anything you can take from it, I, I think two things. They did it without Gordon Hayward, and that was a struggle for them in the two prior games missing him on offense and the way he settles them and connects them. So they kind of like figured out how they can do that in a way. And then just seeing the ball go in the bucket because it just really hadn't been going in the last two games. I, I have a tie for, I have a one and one a for favorite <clears throat> stats of the okay. game. Uh, one is going to be the fact that they broke the franchise record for points scored in regulation. And there were five and a half minutes left in the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that it, was amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. And it's funny because they, they, like it's oh it's the first time that they've scored this they broke a franchise record that stood for this long it stood forever because i mean the the franchise here since 88 89 to put up 140 and you say to do that like in five and a half minutes uh with that much time left to go yeah i mean I, I wanted him to get to 160. I was the greediest dude on the planet they Earth did. last night. They tried. I love that they tried. They yeah. threw an attempt up. They made an <clears throat> attempt. Uh, my my second favorite stat, or 1A, is the fact that the Hornets scored 158 points. The starters got major starter minutes. This wasn't a situation where the starters played for a little while and then sat for the entire fourth quarter. Mason Plumley, seven points. Yeah. <laughs> Just couldn't, couldn't get to double figures in a game where the Charlotte Hornets – Score 158 points. All of uh, them off reverse dunks. Not really, but it feels like it's. <laughs> but it's like but it. we haven't mentioned Kelly Oubre yet. 12 yeah. of 18 from the field, 10 of uh, 15 from three. That the, that 10 three pointers. That's a franchise record off the bench. 39 points. Kelly Oubre. After talk about a guy who's been struggling offensively. I think he's finally back. Yeah, well, he's back in a big way this game against Indiana. We'll get to more of Kelly Oubre's performance and what he's done off the bench with this team. The other stat, real quickly, there's so many, I want to mention this one. What's crazy is that the Hornets score 158. They actually had two players who didn't score a single point that got some minutes, JT Thor and Ish Smith. How about everybody that played for Indiana? Mm -hmm. And it was a lot. They emptied the entire bench. Everybody mm -hmm. scored at least four. It's so like Indiana, score 126, Balanced. and the Hornets beat them by 30. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, let's continue to talk about it. More of the record-breaking performances uh, that we saw from individuals and the team as a whole. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. Anytime the Hornets play the Indiana, make sure you take the over on Bet Online. It remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. And they have a new, it's a new year, and so they have a new updated desktop and a mobile website. So you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED on to get started from football basketball hockey boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts let's look at more records let's look at kelly Oubre coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast 
You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Main character for American Psycho was Patrick Bateman, which really confused me. I always thought that Jason Bateman was Patrick Bateman and that Patrick Bateman was Jason Bateman. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Have you guys gotten into the new Ozark yet? Have you guys I haven't started, it. started it's it? Queued up. It's ready. No Zark. I'm. I'm not a. I'm, I don't watch it. You're not we'll a fan at Walker. all. We'll talk Walker. Okay. Yeah. All I was right. about to Side say, chat. Like, it's, it's. It's a good season. I didn't like it as much as the first three, which is always going to be tough, but it's still pretty awesome. So you need to get on it, Doug. I mean, is it one of those things where you just want to go against it because of your spite? Like oh, I don't want to do it. Everybody else loves it. I don't want to be the trendy guy. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there are a lot of TV shows out there. So, like, if I don't watch right. one particular TV show, I don't think that's a don't crime act against like Ozark humanity. Is some, don't act like it's just one of a million, okay? Like, it is certainly in a tier one above everything else, and we have to give that its recognition. Don't act like it's just some, you know, normal TV show that nobody really watches. And, Walker, I'm sorry I didn't get to it. Don't do that to me. All right, I'm, I'll work on it. Anyway, okay. before we get before we get away from this game, before we get away from this game, I I really need to know if I need to put the big dub hat on. I've pulled the big dub hat down. Okay, was this so? My question to you two gentlemen is: Am I putting the big dub hat on for this 158 point victory? I think if they break the franchise record yeah. of points, regardless of who it's against. Okay. I don't here. know the I don't know the history of the Big Dub Hat. I don't know <laughs> I don't know what the criteria is. I think is. I think by the name Big Dub Hat, you can you know, if you're a new lister, yeah, I think you can get it. This is it's a big W. Well, I, know, I only together. wear it when the Hornets get a big dub. Now let, let's talk about the first, semantics of first this win though. off the back the off a of back to back. I mean, yeah, like it's an impressive win. They uh, they needed one. It okay. was impressive with the way they scored 158. Uh-huh. But they also destroyed the Pacers. And if they would have lost, it would have been really disappointing, right? Right. They were only up by one at the half, it, 71 it, to 70. Not great defense in this one. Yeah. Ah. Big Go dub? Ahead, put it on. Put it on. Put it on. It's a big dub. It's a big dub. That's oh, fine. Wait. Uh, it's my decision. Don't uh, You can't tell don't me whether to put me. it don't ask well, no, I'm t- I'm, I want your opinions, but <laughs> all right, am I going to do it? it? Am I gonna, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to okay. do 158 points. You can't deny the big dub on 158 points. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you for putting the big dub hat on. I wish you would have done it in the first segment so we could just have you have it on for a lot longer time, but it's fine. We'll at least go with the last two segments, and we'll talk and lead off with the second segment, Kelly Oubre. 35 points a couple of times off the bench for him this season. Scores 39 and sets that franchise record as somebody that is coming in non-starter. What he's done with this team has been really impressive. It's the second time he's hit 10 threes this year, if I'm not mistaken. Did he hit 10 against Detroit, or was it just nine that he hit against Detroit? I'm trying nine. To, uh, nine. Yeah, so. eight, eight in the fourth quarter, nine overall. Right. Okay, so hitting 10 for Kelly Oubre. Terry Rozier has also hit 10 for the Hornets. There's one other. Devontae Graham, the other. I looked this up. Uh, Devontae Graham and Terry have hit 10, so it's the tied for the franchise record. He's been so fun this year, man. Like I, I thought, I, I don't think anybody expected this from Kelly 
But even me, I was, I, I was, I thought it was an average signing. It was like, okay, you lost some guys. He'll be some nice. He'll be a nice depth piece. And you know, everybody was kind of talking about him filling in in the absence for Gordon Hayward in case that he had some health issues because he's been one to have those health issues. But this year, despite the last few games, not so much. He was leading the team in a bunch of different Ironman type of categories, and yet. You see last night, <clears throat> Kelly steps in mightily so for one Gordon Hayward. What have you made of Gale, uh, Kelly Oubre? Uh, I can't talk. Oubre, 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 Big Oubre. also a good one. We kind of stumbled onto something there. What have you made, Nick, of Kelly Oubre's performance, not only last night, but just this entire year? Yeah, I think as, as you know, if you want to call it up and down, as he, as he has been at times, he's been a plus signing because, and I know, you know, the, the comparison just based on who left and who came in is, is Malik Monk. But I think that Kelly Oubre's instant offense uh, is much better for this team than, than what Monk or anybody on the bench was able to give them in the Mm -hmm. past. I mean, for a guy to be able to explode um, for 39 points, I mean, it was a big number, but like we've seen Kelly have these really, really good performances in the past for this team. Uh, I think he, I think he was only shooting like 18% from three, uh, the last handful of games before last night. So hopefully that breaks him out of that little mini slump. But I think overall he's been really good. I think he's he has more than accepted his role coming off the bench for this team. And I think that's that was a big part of all of this. Because uh, I think, you know, when he came in, it was like, okay, well, well is he going to start? Because, he you know, he might be able to for for a lot of different teams. But mm-hmm. he's taken that role and, and run with it. And, and I think he meshes really well with everybody else around him. And... You know, if, if he can be somewhat consistent off the bench when this team is in big games fighting for seeding, hopefully in the playoffs, uh, that's where that's where everybody else is going to see like, oh, the Hornets got Kelly Oubre and he just came off the bench and hit three straight threes. I mean, that's that's what he gives you. And, and I think it's been a good signing overall. Yeah, whenever you can sign a guy on a on a short contract, a mercenary deal, and that player comes in and has you know career shooting numbers, is in the conversation for six man of the year. Uh, Carboni, do you have a vote? Do you have a do you have an NBA uh, vote? I don't. I That's don't a crime, have that, and I don't have a baseball Hall of Fame vote. That's a God. crime. We're gonna we're gonna start a campaign. <laughs> Get Carboni the vote. Because we need some, we need some help getting uh, getting Kelly Oubre. The only thing I ever voted for was AP Top Twenty Five Basketball, and I was like up so late watching, like making sure I watched like St. Mary's <laughs> and stuff. It was Good. it was kind of bad for my health. That, that's the thing, though. Like, it's why I don't vote on the ACC Media Days because I don't know who the best offensive right. lineman is. Like, I don't yeah. know. You know, I mean, who? I just throw somebody in there. Who's gonna don't worry about it. You're right. I don't. I don't do that either. Thank, thanks for being a a principled man like like myself, Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Both of us. We have. Well, oh, that's fine. Well, let's get Carboni the vote, and then Nick, you can give me. I'll I'll take it from you. I'll yeah, do the voting for you. Be my proxy. You. Right. Exactly. I don't have principles, so I will Devin just Booker vote. Is never <laughs> making the All Star game if, if Doug gets a vote or has any influence over uh, whoever gets it. I'm gonna vote Miles Bridges for best uh, best celebration for this game. He uh, he hit a three pointer mm-hmm. in Lance Stevenson's eye, former Charlotte Hornet Lance Stevenson, uh, and he did he did his little guitar celebration in front of Lance Stevenson. That's great. <laughs> I missed that. I gotta go. Find, I'm gonna go back and find. Oh, it's amazing. He did I'll it twice. Look, if you're Lance Stevenson, if you're any player, if you're Russell Westbrook and you're you you are in the process of being put out to pasture as an NBA player, that is the sign. That's just, when somebody does your, you know, whether it's the Russell Westbrook small or or this celebration. Well, Miles did that to Vince Carter. That's right. That's right. That's what. Man, I was Miles is just well, putting players. Right. Wow, <laughs> Miles, he's retiring NBA players. He is putting players 
out to pasture. Nick, uh, we need to get Nick. Also, I'm giving Nick all kinds of things. Okay. I'm giving okay. him an NBA just, vote. Yeah, give him a to do list. Oh yeah. But this is what I think. I think that that local TV sports anchors should all have celebrations. <laughs> and whenever you break a big story or you do like a great feature piece, you do the celebration. Okay. I don't know what yours is going to be yet. We got to figure that out. Yeah. But I want to get you that's a celebration. Like, doesn't involve rhythm. Well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That cannot I, be a requirement for me to do that. Yeah, what what would yours be, Doug? Would it be your post up in a bee costume when you wore That's that right. the other day? Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be my yeah, exactly. I just want this. Yes, it's this right here. It's these, <laughs> like the fake the Al Jeffers. I want to do the big Al when he used to like fake with the ball in his hands. Oh, I love that. I so incorporated <laughs> that in my game. I was in college when that was happening. I was like, yeah, let me bring this to the streets. Let me put this out there, palm it like this, and then back well, let us down. know. Let us know on Twitter what should Carboni's uh, celebration be on CNC. And then um, when we get to a thousand and one subscribers, he'll do. That's right. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, we'll make that the two thousand. He has to do it on TV. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's exactly what we'll do. So send us in your uh, send us in your ideas. Nick Carboni, WCNC, Walker Mailock. Nick's like that is not happening. Doug Branson, LOH. Um. All right. Let's move on. We'll talk some more franchise records, what it means, and also just Gordon Hayward being out. What that means for this Hornets team, where they weren't winning without him for quite a while, and then boom, big time explosion last night, despite not having Gordon in the lineup. For listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps, have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you of an available resource from 1953 to 1987. Personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed with updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil/clwater. That's www.marines.mil/clwater. One more segment to go on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. So, if you don't believe in the moon landing. Mm-hmm then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. Tough. I've tried it. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, no Gordon Hayward for this one, and we have seen this year lots of people want to trade him. They want to trade him for Miles Turner. They want to trade him for really anybody that comes up there's a lot of people that are anti Gordon Hayward he's making 30 million dollars a year you've even put out the question Doug if Miles Bridges hits late shots if Kelly Oubre can somehow help when Miles Bridges might be off is there a huge use for one Gordon Hayward and does that make him expendable could you trade him at that point well here we have a question after last night's performance 158 without him on the floor you have this from Levi underscore Robertson on Twitter does seeing what the Hornets did last night without Hayward, albeit against a bad Pacers team, missing key players, solidify the fact that the Hornets should trade him for the much-needed help down low? Mm-hmm. I, I think what we've seen, and this is perhaps a problem with <clears throat> all, all sorts of sports fans, right? One game samples and then trying to apply that to a huge picture happens so frequently. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. When we see somebody performing well, hey, You know, if somebody keeps doing this, see ya to this other guy that hadn't been playing well. And it's all agenda based, right? Like media, fake media, whatever. I don't want to be like that. But look, 
after last night's performance, it was nuts. But the two previous games, which one do you want to put more stock into? Is it the one game against Atlanta where they were cold and Gordon didn't play? Is it the same thing against uh, Toronto where they were cold and he didn't play? Or do you want to put it in this 158 performance and he didn't play and say that's the reason they should trade him? Like, Gordon is an important player for this team. If you think you can get some big-time value in return for him, then I wouldn't be opposed to pulling the trigger because he does make a lot of money. He's overpaid, and he'll certainly be overpaid the next two years, the last two years of his contract. But at the same time, the answer's no. Last night does not have me sold that now we can send Gordon Hayward out. <laughs> all right. Well, and that's that. All good. That's that. Yeah, just leave him in Indiana. I'm sure it's some just fans settled. Probably, or wherever he is. Yeah. I mean, is, does that settle it for you? Does that one game against Indiana settle it for you, Doug? I uh, know. I mean, I think I think the look, Gordon Hayward is in uh, the trade rumor mill. It's official. I've seen him on Bleacher Report. I've seen him on all kinds of trade rumors. So there, I, I don't think there's a doubt that, you know, he is one of the possible pieces that the Charlotte Hornets could look to move because of the contract size, because of the redundancy at at, at his position for the Charlotte Hornets right now and what he gives. But I think it's also a difficult decision because there are things sure. that Gordon Hayward does that you could see as very valuable in the playoffs that might not be as valuable when you're playing a cruddy Pacers team. Uh, but Nick, I don't think it's out of the question uh, that the Hornets playing this well does signal without Gordon does signal something about their viability uh, without him. Yeah. I mean, at some point, this is a team that's a young team that will learn to do it without them if they have to, but they've struggled to get to that point. I think entering last night, or maybe it's still the overall record, they're nine and 22 when he's not on the floor. So that's the sample size I still yeah. look at. And it was clearly uh, something that bothered them uh, against Toronto and against Atlanta. I mean, this is a, a sixth youngest team in the NBA. I think they struggle sometimes when their shots aren't falling to, to have that focus on both ends of the floor. Mm -hmm. I think he does bring that to them sure. and he just kind of does everything well. And he I mean, like literally physically connects them on the floor. You, you notice that missing piece when he's not out there and they're struggling. You don't notice it when they're just ripping threes and they're scorching the net. I mean, that's Stanging. that. Yeah. And, and they're not going to do that every night, obviously. So if this team, I don't think it's going to happen this year. We're not, not in terms of a trade, but, it could, I don't think it will, but I don't think it's going to happen this year where this team is just all of a sudden going to be like, Oh, Gordon's not here, but like, we know exactly what to do for 48 minutes of basketball yeah. in tough games. So I think he's still very much needed for that. I don't think they're, um, you know, in, in terms of their timeline and their growth ready for that yet, but it could be next year. I mean, for sure. I mean, he, he definitely is, somebody with with his talent and you know he's not an all-star anymore but he's still talented uh you know you could definitely get some value for him yeah and so i guess that's the question let's say gordon hayward continues to play about status quo for what he's done this year throughout the rest of the season he's not traded the hornets don't do any kind of in-season trade they let's say they lose in the first round but they're kind of competitive right let's just go with that kind of hypothetical scenario gordon hayward two years left on his deal but doesn't end on what was an awful season we don't expect Miles Bridges to have hit his ceiling, right? Like, we still think there's probably some consistency improvement there for Miles Bridges. Kelly Oubre, can you do something like this again next season? Doesn't have to be 10 threes, nine threes, breaking records, but can you do something 45% from the field, 37, 38% from three? Can you mm -hmm. do that? At that point, I think that's what 
makes Gordon Hayward more expendable. But this year, to try to get to a spot where you are competitive in that first-round series, and then you let him go, then you get out from under that contract. Miles takes a step up. We certainly don't think LaMelo's hit his ceiling, right? I mean, if he's going to be a superstar, then he's going to continue on this incline. You know, Kelly, all these young players that are continuing to develop. We certainly don't think Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels, right? Like, it's still a pretty young team. I think that's the time you probably look to move Gordon unless there's just some great value in return this season. You know, I, I've talked about it. Miles Turner before the injury, I, I certainly would have explored that and probably would have talked myself into going ahead and doing it. It's still it, – it's going to be a big loss when they lose him. You know, uh, that's it's going to hurt whenever they trade him. Yeah, but I, I think all – but I think Gordon Hayward's value is – predicated a lot on the fact that they don't have a ton of star power on this team. I mean, he connects a lot of pieces because you need to connect those pieces because you don't have other stars that can connect those pieces. I would say if, if they end up trading Gordon Hayward to get a defensive center that makes them just a little bit better and possibly competitive in the playoffs, then I think that's a wash. I don't know why you would do that. But I'm starting to think – about like opening our eyes a little bit to the possibilities that the Hornets could make a move at the trade deadline or maybe in the offseason to bring a star, to bring a legitimate star mm, to Charlotte. Okay. I'm tired. I, well, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's very difficult as a fan of the Charlotte Hornets to really imagine those scenarios because those scenarios just haven't happened in the past. It's, it's, it's very difficult to see things in the future when those things haven't happened in the past. We don't have the precedent. But I think... Mitch Kupchak does have the pieces and the ability to make a deal for a bigger star, like a Lillard or a Cat. And we just don't even – we're not even thinking that way. We're thinking so small. I think we should start thinking big. And if they make a big deal and Gordon Hayward is part of that, then I, I think that's a move in the right direction because Gordon Hayward doesn't, by himself, make you competitive in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that it is, it is about what you're able to bring in um, whether it's via the trade or via the cap space created by it. Um, because, yeah, like like I said, I think the, the value you've gotten for two years overall has been good, but that's kind of when if your team is ready, if your core is ready, your young core is ready, then you kind of shake loose of it and see, you know, what what you can use it as a building block towards. Yeah, and when you want to trade Gordon Hayward, if you want to think, I mean – you're going to have to get rid of a decent amount of stuff, too. Does that amount to current players trading for those guys? Or are we just trying to look in free agency? Can you possibly now, with LaMelo, mm -hmm. with a, an exciting team, is right. now the time where maybe... Tick, say, tick, hey, tick, 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 tick. Listen, we got to get something in here that's going to be not competitive in the first round. I didn't know what I'm, you got to we got to think we got to start thinking bigger and demanding more of a franchise that now has a future superstar or maybe current superstar in LaMelo Ball. I'm talking big time players. That's what I want. I don't want forget Rashawn Holmes, forget Miles Turner, forget Sabonis. I'm talking big players. Whoa. That's what I want. Okay, thank you, Doug, with the big dub hat on. We appreciate it. I'm a serious man making serious <laughs> takes here. <laughs> Were you doing this during your take? I don't <laughs> well, you see, the problem is if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, we have these little bars below us, and the bars sit pretty high. And so to make any kind of hand motions, you have to do this sort of unusual thing where you lift your elbows really high I, to I make these you have to expressive do takes. Yeah, All right? Yes. Listen. I'll tell you something about Tila. We're doing TV right now. Nick knows. Nick yeah, knows what I'm talking this about. This is exactly how it's done. I think that should be 100%. Nick's celebration. Just the <laughs> right. T-Rex jazz hands. Yeah. yeah. 
I think. But that's they're what like, no, yeah, they're T. Exactly, T. Rex jazz hands. All right, thanks for making. But yeah, that's. I, I want to talk about that. We were talking about the mascot names. Like we, we were talking with Sean Woodley the other day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to think yeah, the T. Rex is one that somebody yeah. I think threw at me, and I thought that was kind of hilarious. Like that's one. Okay, I've be, got, I've got T-Rex the celebration. The I've got the celebration. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> all right, Carboni. All right. I'm gonna do a little play on your name here. Just do one of these. Okay. Just do one of these. You're Just driving the car. Okay. You, yeah. Well, exactly. When you hit the big take, when you got the big feature, and you want who's uh, uh, what are what are some of your like channel whatever channel nine channel three? Yeah. You want to like shove it in their face? Just give yeah. them one of these. The but do I have to do it baby. like? Do I have to like go behind their live shot so it's on their air? Because otherwise, I'm oh, just doing see it in my own. Don't, you know, oh, that's, well, that's, that's a good idea. Well, that's a good idea, too, though. It's, it's yeah, just bust bombing. into one of their live shots. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, though, I'll do that Friday night at the Lakers game. That'll that'll be great. Perfect. You heard it here first. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every single day. Fun Friday coming up tomorrow. We'll talk about what gives us the hive life. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available also on all platforms. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks to Nick for hopping on. Have a great rest of your day.